The summer games for the Olympics is a familiar ritual, and much about the games this year is very familiar. The huge sports stadiums, the drama surrounding the competition, Bob Costas. But one element that may be unfamiliar is Twitter. It's led to some competitors actually being ejected from the games. What they've said on Twitter has harmed their athletic competition. This morning, one tweeter was arrested in the UK for remarks made about a diver on Twitter. And then Twitter itself suspended the account of a reporter for remarks he made about NBC's coverage of the Sutter Games. And some U.S. athletes are protesting the rules that limit what they can say on social media sites, including their personal Twitter accounts. And they're using Twitter to speak up to it. They've invented hashtags like hashtag rule 40 and hashtag we demand change to address the issue. Adam Nelson joins us now. He's vice president of the Track and Field Athletes Association in Atlanta, Georgia. Adam, nice to speak to you. Great to speak with you too, Celeste. Let's talk about Rule 40 first. And since this is one of the original hashtags, Rule 40 has been around for quite some time. Why the new concern over it? Well, it's more the expanding scope of Rule 40. So for those of you who aren't familiar with Rule 40, it basically prohibits participating Olympic athletes and anyone associated with the Olympic Games from allowing their names or images to be used in any advertising during the period of nine days before the Olympics and three days afterwards. And there's some... uh, the, the restrictions continue to uh, embrace new technologies as they develop as well. And I guess the real problem here is that a lot of the athletes actually do fund their training using uh, the new forms of social media, or I shouldn't say new, they've been around for a while, but uh, using things like Twitter and Facebook. Well, part of the reason that it's U.S. athletes that are protesting is because U.S. athletes don't get a stipend that many athletes in, in other Western nations do, correct? Sure, and I think that that's a, that's a big point here. This may be a uniquely U.S. thing and, and uh, a U.S. issue, and that's why you might not see a lot of other athletes come to our support with this issue. But the reality is that the USOC is not a state-funded organization like many of the other Olympic committees around the world are, and as a result, uh, the athletes really don't get a lot of uh, financial aid in, in, in the pursuit of their Olympic Games, so it's really left up to them to fund their dreams and to fund their process to the Olympic Games. But someone might argue, allow me to be devil's advocate here, that you know it's a very short period of time, nine days before the Olympics, shortly after the Olympics. Can't they lay off on their, their uh, advertising strategies for just the period of the Games? Sure, and I think that uh, traditionally I think athletes have been very compliant with that because there weren't any other opportunities uh, to, to try and, and generate uh, funding for, their, uh, for themselves. But with the advent of, of social media, that's, that's really enabled them to, to basically take stewardship of their own careers and their own financial stability. And at a time when that value has its, when that has its highest value, they're cut off completely from being able to use it. So it, it really devalues their, their long-term ability to, to fund themselves. I mean, one can see it from the sponsor's point of view, right? I mean, it takes something and then to, to the tune of 40, somewhere between 40 and $50 million to pay for every single gold medal that gets, that gets won in the Olympics. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of sponsors voluntary, voluntarily uh, paying in order to, to pay for the Olympic Games, sponsor the Olympic Games, and, and what they get in return is an exclusive sponsorship. So if Pepsi is paying you know, $100 million to sponsor Olympic athletes, why should those same Olympic athletes be doing commercials for Coke? Uh, that's, that's a great point. Uh, but uh, I think you know, the, we understand the, the need for something like Rule 40 to protect the, the actual Olympic sponsors, but at the same time, uh, we also feel like there should be some protection for the Olympic athletes themselves 
And since we don't have a say in the discussions of how they're forming uh, these rules and, and establishing the rules that really only directly impact uh, the athletes, we feel that that's a bit of a well. We feel, feel that's a bit of a slant, and certainly says that the that the IOC may care a little bit more about the uh, the the actual sponsors rather than what they're doing to the actual athletes. You know, we're speaking with Adam Nelson, who's vice president of the Track and Field Athletes Association. Adam, it seems to me the, the issue really goes much broader than just the issue of sponsorship and, and brands. And let me play you a comment from Guy Adams. Uh, he's a, a journalist. He's the L.A. correspondent for the independent newspaper of London. He had to wait nine hours to watch the opening ceremonies during NBC's primetime coverage instead of live, and then he vented on Twitter, and then he found out he was locked out of his Twitter account. Take a listen. The tweet that Twitter had deemed um, illegal was, uh, was a message which I named a man called Gary Zakol, who is the NBC's uh, president of the Olympics, uh, and, and, and uh, printed his email address and then suggested that users of Twitter who were similarly upset as upset send him a message to let him know what we think. And, and then here's another thing he said about in terms of the precedent that this sets. It does set an extremely uh, ugly precedent um, uh, for um, Twitter, which is, after all is a, is a social organization that, that, that lives or dies by freedom of speech and, and freedom of access to information. Uh, NBC Universal and its, its parent company uh, are a commercial partner of Twitter. And um, it, 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 doesn't, it does look, at least, like um, they have been able to uh, very, very quickly and very, very easily have uh, a critic of theirs uh, silenced by Twitter. I wonder, Adam, if athletes are concerned about what they can or can't say or they may not even be able to participate in the Olympics. Well, I think that that's a big concern uh, for many athletes now is uh, how the laws or how the rules are going to be enforced. Uh, there have been several incidents of, of fairly innocent uh, posts on Facebook or Twitter uh, referencing one company or another and the IOC or the USOC or whoever was in charge of, of monitoring those, those social uh, media outlets uh, for the athletes. By the way, it's got to be a miserable job. Um, uh, actually asked those posts to be taken down. Uh, now, it's unclear what the actual penalties would be if you violate Rule 40, but we've heard everything from uh, from fines to, to removal from the games. Once the media spot is on, uh, spotlight is on you, you have to be careful what you say, even on Facebook. Well, I think it's very important to be careful what you say, and obviously nobody wants to damage the whole, the whole Olympic movement in the name of, of moving forward, but I do think that a similar change has to be made for the athletes here that happened for the Olympic movement in 1984. When they were allowed to commercialize the Games, they actually created a system that sustained the, the whole organization, and now the, Olympic, and now the athletes need that same sort of flexibility and movement to move forward here to really advance the cause. Adam Nelson is vice president of the Track and Field Athletes Association. Adam, thanks so much. Thank you for having me, Celeste.